Oh boy, here we go. Live on one. Live on two. And of course, we're already live at home. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Doing a little quick camera adjustment here. Oh, Monday night. What a day. Welcome to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host and friend, Chris Schreier. Well, hey, friends. 9:10 on a Monday. Real, real nice day out there. I don't know if you spent some time outside today, but if you didn't, I pity you because it was a cracker. It looked like it was going to be a bit of a washout there, but no rain transpired, at least around here. And I had to spend some time at the beach after work, had a bit of a dip. It was nice, not going to lie. And now here we are. Sitting down, going to drink some beers together, like we do every Monday. I still have a mouthful of beer from the last beer I had, which incidentally, Great Lakes, Voodoo Haze. No, wait, Haze Mama took out the voodoo part. We've discussed this. Let me just finish this guy off here. Mm-mm-mm. So did you do anything special for Father's Day? I did. I made a lot of cocktails. Because my family got me the Dylan's Distills cocktail book. Fabulous book, if you're into cocktails. And also encouraged me, while they were baking in the morning, to go over to the LCBO and buy uh, ingredients for said cocktails. So we got some gin, we had some Chambord, we had some Brut, uh, like bubbles, not from the Champagne region. You know how this goes. And um, something else that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. And it was delightful. Had some foghorns, had some French 75s, something else. Gin and tonics, of course. Delightful. What a day. Uh, not a lot of beer. I did have some, but it's mostly a day for the cocktails, if you ask me. Um, so that's what I did. And yeah, my family baked for me. We had lemon squares, lemon bars for uh, breakfast. My daughter made me a very delightful cookie-sculptured beer mug. Uh, with whipped cream in it. It was fantastic. And uh, Black Forest cake. Oh, and we had the leftovers of that after dinner tonight. That was tasty. I love a good Black Forest cake. I don't know how you feel about it, but any cake that's soaked in alcohol is a-okay with me. So anyway, one more mouthful of this uh, Hayes Mama. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. All right, let's get going. You know what we're having tonight? Well, it is uh, June the 22nd, which puts us deep into Pride time. Uh, typically, the Pride Parade would have been next weekend, I guess. Not this one coming up. I have lost track, and it doesn't matter because we can't have parades because we can't have nice things because we couldn't keep this under control and tons of people did stupid things and now we're all doomed. So, what are you going to do? Well... Can't go to the Pride Parade, which is unfortunate, um, but you can support Pride uh, causes through other things. Like, for instance, this delightful Muskoka Brewery, Born This Way IPA, Nano IPA. Beautiful Pride-colored uh, uh, packaging and lovely, lovely stuff. And now I believe, I was reading about this, um, that this, does it say on the can? I looked it up online. Oh, yay. It's uh, proceeds from every can go to the Get Real movement to help combat LGBTQ 
2S plus discrimination and promote acceptance for all. And if that isn't what beer should be about, then I don't know what is. So I'm all about this. This is part of their um, Moonlight Kettle series, which is their seasonal one-off-y uh, special releases. This is a nano IPA. So let's um, deal with the beer, talk more broadly about the style, and then I'm going to talk to you a bit about pride and why it's very, very important. Oh, I didn't actually do that near the microphone. I'm sorry. I hope everybody heard that okay. So let's see. I'll we'll do a pour here, get it on camera. Yeah, there we go. Got to sit back from the mic a little, but we can do this. And, oh, beautiful color. Hazy boy. This is a hazy boy. All right, what do we got here? Hazy, delightfully honey yellow, tending to orange in the middle. Looks like it could almost be white grapefruit juice. Oh, sorry, I was, I was looking at it in the light. I wasn't holding it up to the cameras. Um, nice fluffy looking white head. Delightful, let's have a sniff. Oh, you know what? I'm a little congested today. I think I had a little touch of the allergies, and then when I jumped in the lake, everything in my face and ears filled with water, and I'm still kind of getting that all out. So give me a second here. Mm, okay, yeah. Definitely mango. Almost smells like there's mango in it. I don't think there's any mango in it. I think it's just beer. I don't want to look at the can. Try not to do that. Um, we'll leave that for the minute. Uh, mango for sure. Mango and maybe almost lime. Something citrusy for sure, but like, hang on. Uh, my hand smells like lime, sorry. That happens sometimes. <laughs> Try and keep my hand a little lower on the glass. I mean, there's definitely something citrusy to it, but that very clear lime smell, that was my hand. Um, bought some limes earlier today. Apparently that was all it took because... Uh, Still smells like limes, which is weird because I made salmon burgers with my hands. You'd think they'd smell like salmon. I can assure you this beer does not smell like salmon. Salmon burgers, though, boom, they were delicious. Love a good salmon burger. Do you guys know how easy it is to make a salmon burger? It's fantastic. Take like a fillet of salmon, cut it in half, throw half of it in the food processor, blend it till it's smooth. Take the other half, chunk it up, and just pulse it in the food processor just so it's got some bite to it. I did ours tonight with some uh, soy sauce, uh, some uh, uh, ginger, and some garlic. Would have done green onions, but we didn't have any. Drat the luck. Uh, so a little Asian kind of uh, influence. Oh, and some sesame oil. Delightful. Um, but you can just do it however you want. Put anything you want in there. Old Bay, sure, go for it. I support that wholeheartedly. Yeah, throw some uh, onion in there. Yeah, why not? Whatever. Like I said, there's no rules. Put some greens up in there if you want. Maybe some kale. Some spinach. Cook that before you put it in, though, please. And then you just fry it off in a pan. Man, it was good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> diversion. A little ADD again tonight. It's one of those kind of nights. So, where were we? Oh, I was sniffing the beer on my hands. Uh, what did we say? Mango, something citrusy. Yeah, a tropically kind of fruity thing going on. All right, let's uh, let's let's give it a whirl. Mmm. Mmm. Oh. Mmm. Mmm. I need another sip. Mmm. Now, of course, I've done myself and all of you a disservice because I was drinking a Hayes Mama, and now I'm drinking a Nano IPA. It's actually holding up really well. I'm, I'm quite impressed. Um, 
Hmm. Need another sip. That is interesting. There's definitely mango and like uh, maybe guava or passion fruit. Kind of, again, something kind of tropically, kind of hard to nail down. And then a little bit of, uh, of dill or uh, like a herbal quality. Hmm. Leafiness almost, but it's a little dilly. Which uh, I always forget what hop it is that makes me always go, is that a little, a little dill to it? Maybe Simcoe? I don't think it's Simcoe in there. Hmm. Try a little bit more. I'm going to let my palate kind of get used to this because, like I say, I've just transitioned from a different beer. So, you know, a good trick, especially with smell, I should have done. Well, <laughs> my hand smells like lime. Smell like part of your skin that doesn't smell like something already like lime. So, I'm going to sniff like closer to my elbow. Sometimes just smelling your own skin can help, like, reset your, your palate and your nose. So, let's have a... It's surprisingly bitter. Hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely mango. It's kind of creamy. A little less pronounced to that herbal quality, but it's definitely there. A little peppery almost. Peachy. Hmm. I think there's a bit of peach to it. It's kind of working through the tastes in my mouth right now. Mmm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not super juicy peachiness. Just lightly peachy, almost like a peach tea, as opposed to biting into a peach. Um, but nice, nice. And yeah, quite bitter. Notably bitter, I would say. Not aggressive. It's not squeaky or anything. It's just, we'll talk about nano IPAs in a second, but this has got a, this packs a bit more punch than I was expecting from it, which is quite nice. Uh, thinking about the malts. There's a creaminess to the mouthfeel, which could be related to that. Maybe it's not quite oatmeal-y. Could be wheat. Could be some wheat in here, actually. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. It would also explain some of the haziness. Although it's also quite hoppy, which also explains the haziness. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. It's a little crackery, maybe. There's something a little bit more complicated. I don't know if it's... Could be wheat. The color doesn't look like it's just two rows, the other thing. You almost wonder if there's Munich or Vienna. Given it just a little bit of, a little bit of oranginess, not not taste or smell, color. Um, isn't orange a funny old word? It's a fruit and a color. Hmm. Why aren't lemons called yellows? That's what I want to know. Maybe they are in some languages, or maybe we're the only ones stupid enough that we were like, hey, that fruit's orange. Let's call it an orange. The things you think of, eh? Really nice. This is a fabulous beer. I don't think I have I said that. I like this beer a lot. Um, and actually, to be honest, nano IPAs aren't normally my jam. I think I like this one so much because it drinks more like a pale ale. It's got some balls to it. Um, yeah, so what do we got? Definitely mangoes, something a little bit peachy. Um, again, like floral peachy, lightly peachy. Creaminess for sure. Kind of crackery malt with something extra malty to it, but it's not very sweet. The malts, you really got to go looking for that. Something in there, though. Munich, I think, maybe, or Vienna, but 
not sure. Um, or I, one of the others, like one of the Kara somethings, Kara foam or whatever. Kara foam is more for head. Although maybe that's what it is. It's not wheat. Maybe it's Kara foam, giving it a little bit of body, smoothing it out a little bit, giving it some density. Put a pin in that because we're going to discuss that with the Nano IPA. Am I ever going to get there? I don't know. I keep getting sidetracked. Really nice beer. Um, snappy, quite bitter, dry finish. Um, I suppose there are people who would probably call this refreshing. Not 100% sure I would have gone with refreshing on this. It's a little more challenging than refreshing, which I like. There's enough nuance and depth there, you know? Um, it is refreshing. It's cold and it's wet and nicely carbonated. Um, quite bitter for sure. And, uh, yeah, an interesting array of flavors happening here. Um, all in it. What is a little beer? It is, uh, it's only 3.8% alcohol. So that's all right. Um, so yeah, that is born this way. Nano IPA from Muskoka brewery. I picked this up at the LCBO probably get it at the brewery too and i think they're doing orders and all that so look out for it if you can really nice beer if you're into the hoppier things again not crazy hoppy but it's definitely a hop driven beer and of course lovely that um proceeds support uh what do we say be real get real the get real movement um any organization working to try and make the lives of our uh, uh our lgbtq2s plus uh brothers and sisters us, uh, as I identify as part of that group, um, yeah, helpful, uh, especially younger, uh, cohort. Um, I mean, you know what? I'm going to leave this for a minute because I'm going to get sidetracked. We're not there yet. I'm going to get to that, but let's deal with the beer first. Uh, what are you going to eat it with? Drink it with, eat it with. I never remember which of those makes sense with what, Will you drink this? What will you be eating while you drink this? Let's go with that. Uh, what will you be eating? Well, anything you want. You know what would be really nice, actually, though? I have another sip, if you don't mind. A little chevre. A little goat's cheese. Not crazy. Don't go too over the top. Doesn't have to be too goaty, too sour, especially not too salty. Um, all of those are characteristics that'll work well with this beer. But... Um, <laughs> This isn't normally the advice I'd give you with cheese, but go with the cheap one. Just a kind of the rock standard goat cheese that you get at the the grocery. You might not even be in the deli section or the cheese section. It might be over in the regular cheese section. Just something a little tart, creamy, and that's clutch, and uh, a little salty. Um, as much as I'm saying this beer is is... It's not necessarily, I would have said, refreshing because it's more challenging than that. There's a lot going on. It's still quite a small beer. It's not a dominating flavor thing at all. So we don't need... This isn't a case where, like, with an IPA and you need something that can really keep up with it. Um, there's a lot going on with this beer, but it's not particularly overbearing. So you don't need a massive thing to keep up with it. Um, so, yeah, a nice goat chevre. Uh, and maybe, maybe you could play off of, uh, some of the citrus or some of the mango or both with a, a compote or a chutney or even a marmalade. Hmm. Bit of lime marmalade. No, not on your goat cheese. What the hell am I talking about? I don't know. Try it. Don't let me yuck your yum, but I'm not feeling that. Um, but yeah, that'd be really nice. I'd like that. And, and this is a good, like mid-afternoon 
sitting by the lake or out front on the chairs or wherever you sit when you want to be outside and relax hammock you got a hammock all right can I, in the hammock you can have a plate of cheese and crackers by the way have the cheese with crackers goat's cheese you can eat on its own but it's easier if it's got a vessel to get into your mouth so oh fridge is a oh i'll tell you a story about that i'm just gonna let that go we're gonna keep the fridge sound in here it's it's real the window's open too you might hear birdsong um Choose a nice cracker. It doesn't, again, have to be super fancy, but something that's actually going to play off the uh, the flavors in there. Maybe like a honey oat cracker. I like those. Mm. Goat cheese, that. Mango compote on top. That could be perfect. I think you'd be having a real nice afternoon with that. And then have a nap. Because that's what I do in hammocks. Mmm. I like that beer. So it's a nano IPA. Well, I mean, at this point in the conversation, hopefully you've kind of sussed out what a nano ipa is it's like a really light ipa so in the scale of things you normally have pale ale and then ipa and then double ipa nano ipa sits under pale ale okay so it's a light beer this one's 3.8 percent alcohol that's quite quite low alcohol um and then because of that, you still want it to be quite hoppy, but if you added the same amount of hops that you added to like an, a regular IPA, you would die because there'd be too many hops and not enough malt to balance it. So everything's got to be kept in balance, but it's still a very hop forward beer, but they're light. And uh, it's funny, actually, typically they're, they're pretty light bodied, whereas this one's got a, some density to it, which is why I brought up that there might be something else in here like oats or, uh, or wheat. And you know what? At this point, we can take a look at that and see. So let me go to my browser and call it what was this one called born this way this way which is apparently a song looks like by lady gaga so you learn something new every day kids ipa that should get us where we need to go uh what have we got here to celebrate pride yet da 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 it's in the tap room, pre-order slash pickup and LCBO available in cans. It's a nano IPA, 3.8%. They call the color pale honey. Guess it depends what kind of honey they're buying. Uh, limited release, 25 IBUs, which, yeah, that's notable for a beer that's only 3.8%. This beer has 4.35 grams of carbs per 100 grams. I don't know what that means. I mean, I do. For every 100 grams of beer, 4.35 of it are carbs. I don't know how that relates to any other beer. There are 37 calories per 100 ml. So if you are a calorie counter, you can count that many. Obviously multiply it by the size of the can. Uh, flavor bright and juicy with mangoes, peach, and passion fruit. Underlying malt sweetness is mildly toasty with a hint of cracker. Thank you. I got most of that. Passion fruit's what they went with. I'm still not convinced it wasn't guava. Let me have another sip and see. I'll give it to them, but guava. Um, full of aromatic hops, bursting with tropical fruit and floral undertones. Yeah, you can call that floral, sure. Uh, crisp finish, delicate hop bitterness. Here's with the money ball. Malts, Pilsner, Vienna, Carahel, and wheat. I mean, I did think it was going to be Munich, but pretty close mosaic and galaxy it's galaxy and azaka galaxy sometimes can get a little dilly tasting depending on how you use it so there you go 
Uh, food pairings, peach and tomato salad. Not a salad I've ever consumed. Not against it, though. I wonder what dressing you use for that. Uh, red snapper fish tacos with guacamole. Very specific with the red snapper, which is itself not necessarily a particularly distinctive fish. Quite light. Nice, lightly fishy red snapper. You'd substitute a lot of things for red snappers, though. Uh, that'd work. Yeah, that'd play. Um, especially just guacamole. You don't want to get too over the top. That's fine. I'll buy that. Anyway, uh, what was I doing here? Oh, yeah, I was just mostly looking up at the malts were. There is wheat in here. That is why it's got such a nice, smooth, well-rounded body. So there you go. Now you know, that's a nano IPA. There are some others out there. Um, what is Left Fields? Is it Glorioso? I feel like that's a the Pilsner, though. The Italian Pilsner. No, I think that is the micro nano IPA. And I feel like Muddy York might have done one not that long ago. I'm not sure. I've lost track. Like I say, not a style I typically reach for. Um, but it's this one's great. I'm, I'm down. I like it. So happy to have this one. Born this way. Easy drinking and refreshing and to celebrate pride. Let's, let's sell more of this beer. So good on you, Muskoka. Thank you for uh, doing this. Delicious beer. Great cause. So big ups to uh, all the good folks in Muskoka. Muskoka, of course, in Bracebridge, Ontario, on Muskoka Beach Road. Beautiful brewery. Really recommend visiting that one. That's a lovely one. Obviously, you know, whenever you're up there, I tell you, you got to stop in at Sawdust, but Muskoka's also very, very, very good. Um, and they have a, a pretty nice Martin guitar on the wall behind the bar. Mexican-made Martin, but still better than a lot of guitars. And uh, if you ask them, they'll just let you play it. I know this because I've done it. Uh, they also have a distillery. Nice gin. Mm, the Muskoka Oddity Gin, uh, which is like the nth incarnation of the Spring Oddity, which was a really fantastic beer for a lot of years. Uh, now in gin form, which is fantastic. So definitely check them out when you're up that way. Uh, which don't go up just yet, okay, guys? We're not quite there yet. Toronto's apparently entering phase two on Wednesday, but this is not based on data. This is just based on people whining. Uh, so if you want to be safe and you want to be a good steward and citizen of the world, stay close to home, okay? Please. Uh, anyway, I'm going to have a sip and we're going to talk a bit about pride. And pride in the context of the world. That's what we call a throw. Mm-mm-mm. I was going to say I could drink this all night. I'm not going to because I'm going to finish it and I'm going to drink something else after, but I could drink more. I only bought one, though. Um... Which sounds terrible. I only bought one of the beer that they make a donation to a really cool group for. Um, anyway, I do support Pride uh, and, and LGBTQ2S uh, causes in other ways. Uh, and why do I do that? I mean, for a host of reasons. As mentioned, I identify in the LGBTQ2S uh, community. Uh, pansexual. What's it they say on Schitt's Creek? I like the wine. Not in, No, I'm into the wine, not the label. That, that sums me up pretty clearly. Beautiful people... And uh, people can be beautiful and sexy and highly attractive uh, in any shape or form or body type. And, and by body type, I don't mean, I do mean body type, but I also mean uh, gender identity. Uh, it doesn't matter how you identify. If you're beautiful and sexy, there's a good chance I'm going to find you that way. Uh, pride is important, though, because what I almost got sidetracked on today, in today's day and age, and especially in an urban setting like in Toronto, there is still rampant homophobia, transphobia, uh, people who, who identify as, as LGBTQ2S uh, still 
And especially that last one, guys, 2S, a lot of people, especially my age, don't even know what that is. It's two-spirited, which is a very specific uh, sexual identity um, that's founded in, in First Nation cultures. Um, and it's fascinating. You should actually look into this. Um, it's really I find quite beautiful um, reading some uh, insights and stories. Of course, the only way in Canada that you could be treated worse historically than being First Nations is to be not straight First Nations. That's going to be worse. And it was and still is. Um, and so it, it's important that even even in a very urban place like Toronto, that's still a reality for uh, for, for people who identify that way but especially for young people. And, and these are statistics. I, I don't have the numbers handy off the top of my head. I'm not going to bother looking them up because the actual math, the metrics don't matter. But teenagers who are LGBTQ2S, um, and, and, and I almost don't want to say especially because it's not to devalue everybody else, but it's particularly noteworthy among transgendered um, kids. The, the rate of bullying is obviously high, but the rate of suicide is just horrifically high, shockingly high. And that's, I, I, it's horrible. Um, and it's almost like people forget about that. And especially today, especially now, um, when Pride is like a corporate event and there's Scotiabank has a a, a, a float and you know it's a huge multi thousands of people show up and and it's, it's culturally well accepted um but that doesn't change the fact that for a lot of people and especially kids their on the ground experience is still so terrible that uh that suicide is is just a, a common thing um and it's because of that groups like uh, get real and and organizations like pride are doing the hard work there, um, creating community support groups, trying to find ways to connect with these kids who are effectively left behind. Um, in a lot of cases, uh, one of the reasons why uh, depression and and uh, and 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 bullying and stuff is so prevalent is because it's coming from their family. Um, for so many people who are LGBTQ2S, the thing that should be the the stable calming loving you know the the most important relationships are, are are broken because of who they are and because of their loved ones inability to accept that um and for especially those people those poor kids um groups that that work to connect and connect them with other resources and other people are just so 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 important so even though pride is and, and don't get me wrong it's great, um, but it is so, I guess, you know, culturally appropriate. It's become, it's almost become co-opted by, by the culture. Um, and, and again, in an urban place like Toronto, people are aware of, of homophobia and transphobia, but it, it, it's perceived as, you know, a small part of the population problem. Um, but it, it, it's not. It, it's still a huge problem for so many people. Um, and, and then outside of urban settings, and it gets worse and worse, and especially in very rural places where kids have very little ability to connect with, with anybody, but especially people who are like them and who accept them. Um, 
for those reasons alone, these sorts of movements and, and groups are very important. So um, even if you're a cisgendered straight person, um, if you're a good person supporting Pride and and uh, supporting the groups that uh, like uh, Get Real, um, it's, it's a hugely important thing to do. Um, another thing, I'm just looking at myself here on the screen. I am schwitzing right now. It is hot in this office. Um, another thing, and I, I mentioned this, I kind of threw to it earlier on. I'm going to have a sip of beer. Um, there's a concept, it actually came out of feminism called intersectional or intersectionality. Um, so there's an understanding that um, if your feminism doesn't also include... Um, you know, uh, working towards the betterment of lives for LGBTQ2S people and also for, uh, racialized people, um, and minorities, um, then it's not real or not, not real isn't quite the right word, but that the concept that you have to support all of these things coming together. Um, you know, if your feminism doesn't support black gay women, then it's not proper. Um, that idea of intersectionality um, expands. And so when we talk about pride, a lot of people got really upset. Was it two years ago? What, or, or I think it was two years ago. It might have even been more than that now. Um, when Black Lives Matter shut down the pride parade and demanded that uh, uh, uniformed police officers not be allowed to participate. And people got really upset about that. Now, let me say, I, I have friends who are police officers. Um, I, I respect them immensely. Um, and uh, I've had a lot of dealings with police officers. I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. Uh, a lot bad, um, but some very good with sane, reasonable, passionate people who just want to make a difference. Um, but individuals don't change the fact that the system as a whole is very problematic and, and is broken. Um, and that for tons of people, uh, the experience with police is not okay. It's dangerous. It's fraught. It's it's reminding them of of past experiences um, of people that they knew that had horrific experiences. It's it's perpetuating violence. Um, and and so from that point of view, when we look at supporting pride, well, okay, if you support pride, intersectionality says you do also have to support Black Lives Matter. You do also have to support feminism. Um, you have to support refugees. This is all part of understanding uh, the way that we connect and the way that we we uh, we bec we come alongside people and we act as allies. Um, so, with that in mind. Uh, Pride right now is extra poignant because right now Black Lives Matter is struggling and 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 not just Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is, is on the forefront, but um, uh, black and indigenous people and people of color are having um, I don't want to say a moment that almost trivializes it. But at this moment in time, um, there's a real sense of change and of movement and of potential and um, pride and people who support pride need to be part of that. Uh, if for no other reason, actually, throwing out everything else I just said, because some of the very first people who supported uh, pride parades and who worked with community organizers to try and provide supports for people who were LGBTQ2S were civil rights people, people who'd marched with Martin Luther King, people who'd worked for, for the better part of a decade uh, in, in the civil rights movement, trying to create um, equality for black people 
and in in North America were some of the very first people to really engage with uh, with the Pride movement. Um, and the reason why Pride exists is because of things like the Stonewall riots, because of bathhouse raids by police for no other reason than to shame people for being who they were. Um, that so there's a lot of synergy going on right now. Uh, so in this time when what you see on, on your social media and what you're hearing in the news is talking about, uh, the, the, the movement and the change that's, that's happening and is very exciting, uh, for, uh, movements like black lives matter and for the, the lives of our black and indigenous and people of color, uh, brothers and sisters, observing pride and connecting pride to that is real and it's good. Um, and it's something we should be doing. So, um, in the context of supporting pride because of what it does to help young people who are wildly disadvantaged and, and much, much more likely to encounter bullying and depression and suicide, um, support pride buy beers, support companies that support pride-based organizations. Um, when you're looking at what's happening right now and you want to be able to do something tangible to support just the general sense of movement and of change that we're going through right now, supporting pride is how you, part of how you can, it can do that. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Muskoka brewery born this way, IPA. Nano IPA, pardon me, with the beautiful rainbow on the can, of course, showing off its pride colors. Um, like I said, dig that at the LCBO, at the brewery, go to the brewery, it's fantastic. Uh, check it out. And uh, and yeah, keep your eyes peeled, because other breweries are obviously doing this too. But watch, because some breweries, as I said earlier, pride in a way has been co-opted socially to become like Christmas, right? Um it's a thing that has roots in, in another thing, but it's really easy to ignore the roots and just get on the bandwagon and have some fun and throw glitter around the streets. Um, but that's not what pride's about. And similarly, uh, companies that throw a pride label on their can, but actively for the rest of the year don't support, uh, the, the ideals of pride. Um, they're just cashing in and that sucks. Uh, so be wary, but if you know of a brewery that, you know, day in and day out supports, uh, you know, people of color supports people who are LGBTQ2S supports women in the industry. Um, and you see, they're doing a pride beer that's raising funds for pride all in man, all in. And, uh, and and pick it up and you never know like i said nano ipa not a style i typically reach for but uh definitely reached for it with this and and a beer that i'll definitely buy more of um because not just because it supports a good cause but because it's a pretty tasty beer too so that's where we're at guys guys it is season four of this show season four being the one when i i rebooted on my own this is episode 25 and I'd kind of thought about two or three weeks ago, maybe I'm going to take a break at 25, maybe just a week or two off, chill out a little bit, let some things percolate, and then come on back for, um, for, for season five. Big lucky season five. I don't know, is five lucky? Uh, but I'm not going to do that. So next week, Monday, sometime after nine, 
hopefully with another uh, pride supporting beer. I'll uh, talk at you. Until then, be good to each other. Take care of people if you can. Um, like I said earlier, things are starting to open back up. <sighs> be careful. <laughs> Even though things are open, use your common sense and uh, definitely be generous with people, especially with businesses or individuals who don't think that this is a good idea. Give them space to believe that. If you don't think this is a good idea, like I do, it's good to share your reasoning why, but don't be too crazy about it. Understand that everybody's coming at this from a different position. We're all walking a, a, a different race. And uh, so try and be generous and be loving, but take care of people and definitely take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And I'll talk at you in about seven days.